There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the Thank you for tuning into the podcast yet again this day. We thank the Lord for each of you that tune in. Thank the Lord for each of you that have reached out to us, even recently. Now, we've had some folks that have said they're listening, and the Lord has helped them. The Lord has strengthened them to the person that contacted us concerning believing that Jesus Christ is God. May the Lord strengthen you in that. Uh, May the Lord give you that faith and assurance that comes from knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we know that. We understand that. Those of us by faith believe that he's God. May God help you to understand. May God strengthen you to understand these things. We had a mother reach out to us today, and she said that she's homeschooling her son, And she's teaching her son these things, and we thank the Lord for that. And we thank the Lord that uh, he's doing this as a chapel class and trying to understand things of the Word of God. And so with that, I want to kind of go back to some basics. I'd like to just explain a couple of things that are very basic, but yet it's a great reminder to us. And by the way, when I say the basics of the Word of God, they're edifying. The basics are edifying to me. They're a help to me. John 1 1 said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And in Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. We know that Jesus Christ is the light of the world, and He showed. The darkness comprehended it not. And again, the opposite of light, darkness. What's the opposite of Jesus Christ? Uh, It's Satan. It's Lucifer. He could not see the light. He would not comprehend the light. He could not acknowledge that Jesus Christ was the light of the world. But yet all things were made by him. The Apostle Paul spoke that in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. And he said, for by him, that is Jesus Christ, that's his dear son from verse 13, by him were all things created that are in heaven, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Now, the psalmist writing here in Psalm 33 in our Messianic Psalm, it said, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. You say, well, how is this messianic? Well, we're going to see he speaks of Jesus Christ, and he speaks of him on this wise. He said, praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings, sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise, for the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. So he tells us why we praise, why praise is comely. 
Why we praise him with the instruments. Why we praise him with the instruments with strings, the harp and the ten-stringed instrument, the psaltery. And he said to play skillfully with a loud noise. Listen, I've heard a lot of people play with a loud noise, but I haven't heard a lot of people play skillfully with a loud noise. And then I go to some places, they play so soft because they're timid, they're worried that people will be offended. And if you have that skill, play it loud. Play it for the glory of God. Praise him. Bless his name. Why? For the word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. So because of Jesus Christ, the word of the Lord, because he's right, because his works are done in truth, we ought to praise him. We ought to sing about him. We ought to sing songs about him. In verse 5, he loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. And it's the goodness of the Lord that leadeth thee to repentance. And you cannot separate those two things because the goodness of the Lord is everywhere. We see it in every aspect of life. And why? Because he made all things and by him all things consist. And that's the goodness of the Lord that God would put these things in for us. Today, and here in southern Pennsylvania, we have a beautiful day, about 73 degrees, very low humidity, breezy. Uh, I was outside just a little bit ago, sitting on our, our back porch. It's kind of a breezeway-type porch, and the breeze was blowing, and it's just beautiful weather. And I said, they're rejoicing in the goodness of the Lord and marveling at the beautiful weather and just how God's been so good to us. Look at the green grass and the flowers blooming. Yet, had God not given us green grass, yet had not the flowers bloomed, yet had not given us 73 degrees and low humidity, he'd still be a good God. If there was a foot of snow in minus 17 degrees, he'd still be good. I'd marvel in the goodness of minus 17 degrees. I'd marvel in the snow. I'd marvel in the ice. Why? Because God's been good to us. If it was in the desert, I'd struggle a little bit, yet I could still say God's been good. If I was back in Bahrain, 104 degrees in the shade, and that's at 8 o'clock in the morning, where they put adjustable louvers on the windows of the hotel because it gets so hot that even the hotel windows cannot keep the heat out, so they put louvers on them to keep the, try to keep some of the heat out. If I was in Bahrain in the desert, I'd still say the Lord is good. And he made these things, and he made these things for himself, and I thank the Lord for that. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. That's one of the great foundations of faith, that we believe by the word of the Lord, heavens were made. All things were made by him. Who? The word of the Lord. And he said, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. So he made all the host of heaven by the breath of his mouth. And it's interesting because he tells us of Adam when God formed him out of the dust of the ground, and then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And he said that man became a living soul. And it's interesting because the word of God tells us then of the beast, the beast of the field. He, the word of God tells in Genesis 2, 19, I believe it is, out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. So God also formed them out of the ground. But what God did differently for man is he breathed into him the breath of life. And made man a living soul. That man has a soul. And I know today we're in a day when people worship animals. They worship dogs. And they love dogs more than they respect people. And you go into businesses that forbid dogs. Uh, uh, dining establishments and grocery stores. And people are in there with their puppy. And their dog walking around disobeying the law. Disrespectful of people. Why? Because they love their creature more than they love the creator. And they love their animal more than they love men. And I'm not against animals, not against pets, not against dogs. But what I'm against is when people prefer them over people. And uh, if you love your dog more than you love people, you got a problem. Men have a soul. 
I mean, that's why God loved men. That's why God died for men, because they have a soul. They have a never-dying soul, and God has an interest in that soul. And he breathed into Adam the breath of life and made him a living soul. He said in verse 7 of our Psalm 33, He gathereth the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. So again, this is not, I don't believe he's speaking of Noah's day. I believe he's still speaking of Genesis chapter 1. And he gathered the waters of the sea together as in heap. He laid at the depth of the storehouse. Let all the earth, earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. And so how, why do we stand in awe of him? Because he is the creator. By him all things exist. By him all things consist. And he is the firstborn of God, the creator of all things. And yet we see this and do men stand in awe? No. Why? Because they really don't believe it. I've been teaching my children Genesis chapter 1. In our devotion time today, we're in Genesis chapter 2, and we talked about how God named the animals and children being children, two-year-old and four-year-old. They just start blurting out the names of the animals that God created. And I encouraged that. I said, keep going. Well, what's some other animals God created? You know why? Because I want my children to believe that God created those animals, and I want my children to believe that Adam named those animals. God formed those animals from the dust of the earth. God gave them life, and God gave them demand to have dominion over them. That man with a living soul has dominion over that animal, and he named that animal. And then Eve had dominion over that animal. You know, you know who told me that? My little girl. I said, who had that dominion over the animal? She says, well, she goes, that guy and his wife. And I said, well, Adam had dominion over the animal. She goes, yeah, Eve too. I said, well, praise the Lord. She sure did. <laughs> Amen. Adam named them, but she had dominion over them. Uh, they were submissive, if you will, to Adam and Eve in the garden. Why? Because God did not give them a living soul like man has. They were created for him. They were created for his good pleasure. He spake and was done. He commanded and stood fast. In verse 10, the Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. And the counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thought of his heart to all generations. What is that? The word of God. What are the thoughts of his heart? It's what I hold in my hand, the word of life, Jesus Christ. And I hold that in my hand as the thoughts of God's heart. It's God's heart trying to speak to our heart. The very heart of God has been revealed to us through the word of God. I know his thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways are above our ways. What God does, he revealed his heart to us. How much he loved us. How much he cared for us. His purpose and his purpose upon the whole earth in his son, Jesus Christ. And so God's revealed his heart to all generation. He even said on this wise, the thoughts of his heart. God bringeth the counsel now, the heathen did not. He makes the device the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. The thoughts of God's heart reveals the thoughts of our hearts. And that's why men don't like the word of God. Because as God reveals his heart to us, it reveals our heart to us. And our heart's an awful thing. It's an ugly thing. It's a deep thing. And yet God's heart reveals that to us. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, those nations that God made, those principalities and powers that God made. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. And I realize there's more to principalities and powers than just a nation, but it's part of why we have nations today. And if the nations are God is the Lord, they'll be blessed. And the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance, the Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. 
From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. Why, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. And we saw in Zechariah the seven eyes of the Lord. Why is he talking about those seven eyes of the Lord on that stone? Because they're the eyes of the Lord. We see then again, he talks about that in Revelation, the seven spirits of God before the Lord continually, continually looking at man, continually upon the inhabitants of the earth. God's mercy has been extended to the inhabitants of the earth. God knows all things and he knows all that's going on. And his eyes are continually looking, continually watching all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. So God has fashioned their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. Well, why is it all men aren't saved? Because men control a lot of the things in their own heart. They control the things that go into their heart. They can control the things that come out of their heart. The problem is they don't know their own heart. And the things that have gone in the eye affect the heart. He's told us that. And because the eye affecteth the heart, the things they've seen, the things they've experienced, and then when they get caught up in sin, what age that they get to an age of life where the sin takes dominion over them, and then their own heart is led away in deceit and debauchery and ungodliness and wickedness and wretchedness, yet God knows that heart, and God looks at that heart. He considereth all their works, and the works that come out of an evil heart are considered of God. The works that come out of a purified heart are also considered of God. There's two sides to everything with the Lord, yet God fashioneth the hearts alike. What happened, I'll give you my own experience just briefly on the podcast. As a young man, I made decisions. I saw things, heard things, experienced things that absolutely defiled me. But I chose to like them. I chose to approve of them. I chose to follow those things rather than follow the things of God, rather than follow the heart of God. And it destroyed me in sin. It caused me to be a rebel in sin, stubborn in my iniquity. Yet God's mercy still abounded to me. 25 years of age, I was gloriously saved, gloriously purified in my heart. And what happened then? God spent the last 25 years purifying that heart. God is purifying my mind. God is purifying my flesh. God is trying to change me from the inside out. Yet, God's mercy has been extended. God is still extending his mercy to sinners even today. There's no king saved, verse 16, by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength, and horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. So he tells us that the king's not saved by a host. The mighty man's not delivered by his much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. You can ride as fast as you can, but it's a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. And then he goes on and tells us why. Because the eye of the Lord, behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. And so God is looking upon men and he's looking at the righteous and God wants to deliver their soul from death. God wants to deliver them in time of famine. God is going to make sure their family is fed. And by the way, we see that throughout the scripture, how God provided for his own. 
Two of the great examples, of course, is Joseph is led down into Egypt land. His brothers meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God provided for the sons of Jacob down in Egypt land. And then we see again the life of the prophet Elijah there by the brook. God commanded the ravens, and he told Elijah, I'll command the ravens to feed thee there. And they brought him meat and bread every day. They brought him his substance. They brought him what strengthened him. You know why? Because the eyes of the Lord are in every place. The eyes of the Lord are going throughout the whole earth, beholding men. Whose eyes are those? They are eyes of Jesus Christ. He's beholding man. And yet he knew man, yet he died for man. He knew what men were, yet he died for men. He knew what men would do, yet he died for them. He loved them and cared for them and watched out for their soul and was merciful to them. And I like the expression there. It's a wonderful thing, them that hope in his mercy. My only hope is in the mercy of God. This morning, we had a situation even here at the house, and unbeknownst to my wife, and if she listens to this, she'll know for the first time, but... It was one of those things with the children, and God just very clearly revealed to me they need mercy. These are of God's mercies. The protection of my family is in God's mercy. The protection of my home is in God's mercy. Listen, I can install fire escapes and fire doors, and I can put fire suppression systems and fire alarms and anti-choking devices and heartbeat monitors and cameras and oxygen monitors and everything else, and I, but I cannot control every situation. It's impossible me to control every situation. So you know what we do? We commit our children to the mercy of the Lord. I've committed my family to the mercy of Jesus Christ, and my God watches over them. My God protects my family. My God watches over my home and watches over me. He also watches over my soul and how we praise him and how we thank him. We hope in his mercy. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Our heart rejoices in him. Why? Because we have trusted in his holy name, that name which is above every name. What name is that? It's the name of Jesus Christ. She shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Can I say to you, my friend, I hope you know this Savior. I hope you know this Jesus Christ of the Bible. I hope you know Jesus Christ, the creator, the maker of all things. And if you don't, can I say to you, his mercy has been extended. His mercy's been offered. His mercy is available. And if you'll just put your hope in that mercy, Jesus Christ himself will enter in and take charge of your life. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, 
And we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.